marketing mishaps in real estate. I think uh, people out there, sometimes you see us do some marketing, have a little bit of a chuckle. Let's talk about it. Stay tuned. Oh, how are you going in this lovely weather we're having? I think it's uh, borderline at the moment for Sydney. If anyone's uh, out of Sydney, we are definitely, it's raining real hard, but so far, peak hour traffic still managing, just. I know, I think for any DY commuters, I think Pitwater Road's looking a bit nicer now. I think they might have cleared it up. I can see lots of gaps in the road, not potholes. Gaps in cars, I should say. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks like it's... And this up. is the El Nino, yeah? Yeah, La Nina. La Nina. La Nina. It's a game, game of... Um, it's like Mario Kart driving, trying to avoid the potholes. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> so, marketing ladies, um, we've got um, some real estate peeps, us three... Two of us peeps, which is you two, have um, have a formal education in marketing. Um, and what did you want to talk about it today? Well, it all started when I was at uni and a lecturer recommended this book to me. Can't see it. There you go. It says Brand Failures. And it's a bunch of famous brands that have actually failed in a lot of marketing schemes. Good morning, everybody. And Good morning. Yeah, it's all about emotions and marketing. And I think there's just lots of fun examples of marketing that's gone wrong. It's gone wrong for the right reasons, gone wrong for the wrong reasons. And I thought it was a really good topic to talk about today, especially in real estate. I feel like marketing's very, there's a lot of different ways to approach marketing in the real estate industry. Absolutely. And just to direct everyone, if you haven't been onto the Insta page, Lords of Property, um, jump on because it has uh, it has some I don't know what would you call it? how would you explain it? Uh, it's got very extravagant examples of real estate marketing. I feel like is one way to say it. It's 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 all just a bit of fun. Like some examples of what other real estate agencies have done. I think Novak has featured on there before as well. But it's all just for a bit of a laugh their page it is cool if you do want to kill some time and have a good laugh um i think some of us in the real estate industry um treat ourselves a bit too serious sometimes there's people like that there's people that are having a great old joke on there uh which is which is cool it's actually just really cool content if you do get to go on there uh, lords of property on insta pretty cool um check it out but um you sort of don't want to be on that end, though, with your marketing. So you want to be cutting edge, but you don't want to be – you don't want it to stuff up like these ones in the book that you've got. Yeah. So if we're going into the book, one of the, the – I think the first one that's in here, it's a very classic marketing failure. It's the first one they tell you about at uni, and it's new Coke. So in the 80s, Coke realised that Pepsi was – can't say it, but anyway, new Coke – uh, yep. They realized Pepsi was their main competitor and they did all this market research into a new recipe for Coca-Cola and they found that people loved it a lot more 
and they introduced this new Coke. It was a new recipe, completely different, but people weren't buying it, even though it was a better tasting product because they missed that whole thing of family. Like their grandma would give them the can of Coke, even though they didn't like it as much as Pepsi. It had that nostalgia factor. And even in their marketing today, you can still see they're building upon that that idea of family, not the product itself. That's where the campaign came where they had the name on the bottle and it was like share a Coke with, and then it had the name of the person. Of the person. Because you know what's really funny with brands, people actually take it upon themselves that they own the brand. Um, so we don't care what you're we don't care what you're doing, Coke. This is that this is my heritage, this is how I grew up, this is a part of me. So it's interesting that people really take it personal. Exactly. Well look at what happened a few years ago when um shapes the you know the on its shapes they changed their recipe yep. because their like market base was declining, but then everyone was mad and they had to bring in the new flavors and the original flavors. So they had two different boxes of the same product. It was just slightly altered because they had half the people liking the new stuff better. So I think it's about, you have to be innovative, but also be considerate of the customer. You can't completely do a 180 because everyone's going to go, what? And your existing, like your existing market of people that you're already reaching, especially with like, what we're doing at Novak, we're using a good mix of traditional and social media without completely abandoning one for the other. And and with this, um, so what's what's interesting with these with these marketing blunders? Do they have like all of the all the, everyone started off with the right intentions? Everyone started off with you know a growth strategy, bit of fun, get a brand out there, and then they've just stuffed it up completely. Um, can you give us a couple of other examples? Because this is this book's cool. If you can get yeah. a hold of this book, it's cool. It's it's by it's called Brand Failures by Matt Haig. If anyone wants to read it themselves, it's quite it's very short. Some of the pages only have like a couple of words on them. But um, one that I was telling Mark about the other day, which I think is my favorite in this book, was when Barbie re- the brand Barbie realized that girls weren't buying Ken dolls. They were only buying the the female Barbies. So they did a lot of market research, and this is in the 80s as well, about what young girls wanted in their Ken dolls. And they came out with this Barbie that was exactly what they wanted. It was, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it looked like. It had the mesh top. It had a very questionable necklace. And it was a big failure because even though the target market really wanted this doll, what parent was going to buy a very, it was a very stereotypically gay doll in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic in America. So it just, the timing was awful. And even though they did all the research right, it just turned out. <laughs> we have a twin in the office. Yeah, that's really <laughs> spot the difference. <laughs> but yeah, it was a big failure because the parents weren't buying it. So that's a thing where they had the right intention, but they didn't think about who the final purchaser was going to be of that product so i think that everyone's trying to achieve really good cut through really good you know positive positive attention towards their brand but it just goes the completely other way how do, like and these people you like doing a degree in marketing you, you like how can you get it so wrong i think some of the things where people have failed a lot of it is because they're not talking to the customer it happens a lot where companies go international. Like I know, I can't remember for the life of me the name of this company, but it was an Indian brand of like potato chips and they yep. launched 
leave Billy alone. <laughs> um, they launched into Germany, um, and the car, like the logo for the chips, looked identical to Hitler. And they didn't think about it because they didn't have a German consultant when they went into Germany, and they just used something that would have worked in India. So obviously it didn't work. Yeah. And there's so many examples of, I think, cultural shifts in marketing. Like, for example, I think it was in Denmark, Campbell's Soup realized that people in Denmark were the biggest consumers of soup in the world. So they put their product there, marketing it, oh, like, better than your mum's soup. But then people were getting mad because they were like, no, this soup has been passed down in generations in my family, this recipe. And you're coming in saying your soup's better. I don't think so. So it was a big failure because no one was buying this just American soup. That was offended. Yeah. But, but then that branding. But it, it's sort of weird because you've got to account for some, particularly in Australia and Sydney, um, you've got so many different cultures to account for when, you know, when you're doing your marketing and you, you sort of, you don't want to be conforming and boring and not achieve any cut through, but you don't want to achieve, you don't want to be, on the front page of a newspaper looking like a muppet it's so yeah. it's 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 a it's you know trying to have fun but it's it's a really hard it's a way to navigate through and we i remember we had a we had a newsletter go out a couple of weeks ago and there was a couple of words on there and i was like oh my <laughs> god but it's it's just hard to work through that eh? like it's there's just so much to consider yeah it's all about the balance and there's so many different factors i think it's, and that's why I think, like, I know with our team, we've got a lot of different personalities, different cultures, different backgrounds. And I think it's really good to have that diverse, like, understanding, especially when it comes to marketing. And also just to ask, like, I know, avoiding being political, but a few weeks ago, there was a, um, a logo for a women's group that came out from the government. I can't, what was the women's group? Like, it was women's, women's network. Women's network. And there was a new logo designed. Um, there was definitely no woman consulted on this logo. We can get it up to show you what it looks like. But I think if, you, if they just asked the question straight away, like someone would have said, actually, no, probably don't use that. It's just talking to your market and talking to the customer to understand what will offend them. So what, what while, you, while, you bring that, while you bring that up, oh. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> And this was done by the government, so no one's immune to having their brand do something that might be off taste. This only lasted 24 hours before it was removed. So. It was taken off. Okay, so tell us about in. So you ladies are in property. You're in Mar. You've, you've got you've, you're um, you're educated, formally educated as part of your education in marketing. What are some of the successes and good examples um, that you've seen? Morning, Michelle that you've seen with real estate agents and with real estate, what are the what are the guys, because you haven't been in the market for 15 years ago, I, to, to have a pecking order and say, well, I know that person's good because, but, you know, in that sort of year or two of being in the property, where's the good market? You're not allowed to use no back, but where's the good stuff? Where's the cut through? Well, if I know this is probably the most famous example in Australia, but if you look at Josh Tesselin's Instagram, it's yep, yep. very like basic in its approach, but it works because it's got that humanity in it. And he, even posting those photos of his happy buyers in front of the house, it's very classic, but it works. And it's really nice for his community 
where well obviously where he's working because it just it's it's very personal and it's real and I feel like in a lot of real estate marketing a lot of the time you don't see the person behind the house you just see a lot of photos and just having that conversation with your audience I think is something that's really important there and he does it really really well and it comes up a lot authenticity um in, in our industry when it comes to social media but that's what people want hmm. for me to take a completely different turn just from like aesthetics because people they see your brand and that's why they come to your brand um i'm going to use novak but i'm going to compare it to something else but um, there was this museum I went to overseas and they had on the roof of the museum, it was called the House of Terror, this museum. They had like metal, like a stencil cut out, which spelled out House of Terror. So when the sun was at midday on the ground, there was a shadow that spelled out what the uh, museum was called. And having that appeal from the outside, people looking in and they see writing on the floor, they go towards it. And I think it's very similar to how the office is done here with the LED screen, having that, um, the, chandelier. the chandelier, having the photo of one of the agents on or whatever promo on the end of the wall. People walk past and they go, oh, what's that? I'll come in there. So I think just purely from an aesthetic point of the office, that's also a really great marketing tool. It's almost a bit like breadcrumbs, isn't it? It just gives you that little bit of a taste of to of a segue to go into that to go into that business, that office, make that phone call, have an interaction, just because you've got some very simple information on it. Yeah, rather than just the signs with the properties on the window. And that is Lords of Marketing mishaps. Um, anything else we want to sign off on in summary? Oh, well, I just, I've got one example of my, one of my favorite marketing things. It was really basic, but it, it worked. It was very successful. Do you remember the movie It, Mark, that came out a few years ago? Yep. With a clown? Yep. They did this across the city in Sydney. It was so simple, just like sort of what Jess is saying. They got a stencil with the movie and a red balloon. They did this all around the city and it created so much social media buzz and interest for the movie and what was going on, our clowns in the drains. I just wanted to end on a good marketing example. This is one of my favourites of all time. It's a good one. And, and, and my take on that, the emotion that that stirs up in me within an, an absolute with point one of a second, I straight away think, no, and then it's like, that's cool, that's genius, and it's a balloon, and it's fun, but it's scary, I think of a clown, like what, what genius, and um, you know what else, it's not, it can't really piss off the public, um, you know, even if you don't know what it's relevant to, uh, the worst case scenario, you have no idea what it is, and it's a cute balloon, uh, but what a, that's a oh, that's a massive one. That's a crack and, uh, up. Effective, cost effective, and everyone else is doing your marketing for you, pretty much, because you're yeah. getting this like the the word of mouth out there. Yeah, that word viral is is is, is pretty much what what you you know you've um, you've spoken about because it really has made it viral, hasn't it? Like it's gone that, that virality. That's when people start doing that marketing work for you. It's huge. Yeah. Watch out, we're going to start putting Novak balloons <laughs> in the drain. <laughs> and then Mark will Love be it. down there. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Patterson sisters, thank you. 
<laughs> and uh, we'll fix it. Yeah. See, See you. Bye. bye. bye.